Hey, 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 it's your auntie, your little sister, your big sister, your cousin, your homegirl, your enemy, or your villain in some people's story. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you always know I gotta make us laugh, right? Oatmeal Brown in the building. Giving it up for Out the Box with Oatmeal Brown. And you know who's here with me to always get me right, to get us right, to give it to us. And her soul sister way that she's going to do so. And then she might get a little hypey too. It's your intellectual correspondent, Dr. Andrea Dream Smith Moore. What's poppin', cousin? What's poppin'? Oh my gosh. This it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's we been good. Yeah, you know, we had a a um a pop-up, a pop-in. You know, state of emergency podcast when we wanted to to uh, highlight the things that were going on around us. Not like stuff ain't going on around us all the time, but with the death of and the murder of Tyree Nichols, we just had to come in and and just you know give a little light, spread a little love, shine a little light, drop some gems out into the world, into the universe. You know, to our brothers and sisters, our friends, you know, and, and of humanity, to to let us, you know, just so they can see how, how yes. we, you know, need to just be different. Come on, come Appreciate on. Appreciate life, love one another. Know what stuff ain't that serious, and we be making it that serious. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, but hey, we we're back now. For okay. Black History Month 2023, sprinkling some melanin magic into the atmosphere. We need it. Come on. You know, we black 365 days out of the year. So we just going to celebrate black information all day this month, every day this month. But we black, y'all. 365 days. 365 days of the year. Every day is black history. And I know we know black is a color. We know that we are indigenous. We know that our what our roots are. We may not know where, what part of the world, but we were all sprinkled about, okay? Come on. Here first, the first, we know what we derive from. But you know, history, they try to remix it, mix it up, shut it down, close it out, steal it from you. This but is you have a rich history. And it is, that is why we are here today. And that is what we are here to talk about. All of that melanin magic. Our story, right? Not his story, but our story. Our story, baby. Yes. And we are just all magic, okay? Yes. And we're not a monolithic people. 
What does that mean, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? That means that we have many talents. We're creative. We're we're one, but we're different, and it's okay because that's what makes the magic so great, right? Yes, yes, yes. Because we are such a creative people and we have to keep talking about it expounding on it not let people water it down because that what 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 was you know what they were trying to do and what they still try to do no we gotta shake that Mm -hmm. we gotta keep remembering that we are above the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We are above that. You know what I'm saying? We got to let let everybody know. We know we magic. Mm. I like how you said remembering. Um, Everything is already genetically encoded into our bodies. And so that is literally what is happening. We are, some of us remembering at different paces. than others but we are all remembering and thank you to those of us who remember at the faster pace to remind us all of who we are and to and they we're just remembering remember who you are remember i'm gonna go into wakanda right now remember who you are <laughs> remember who you are and this is the time yes you we get to celebrate us i've been loving their uh the, the um, Our Story remixes that are happening all across social media right now with the iconic Black history stories and how, you know, the young millennials and even some my age are remixing and telling our stories in the way in which we like our stories to be told. I want to give a shout out to Griot B, also known as Brandon, who I went to UC Davis with. He has a story entire showcase performance that's that's connected to um what do you call schoolyard rap okay so he started off with like going into elementary schools and rapping our history and making it fun and exciting for all kids he had like you know albums on spotify itunes etc etc youtube then it moved to like let's come to the school and actually do a performance now he's actually on tour selling out performing arts centers telling our stories from the beginning back in Africa to the present time now. And it's so cool because it opens up with kids in the classroom and their teacher is Karen. And Karen is talking about history, but not telling our story. And the kids are not engaged. And so they begin to be like, "Um, Karen, we want to hear about us. We want to learn about us. And they've turned this whole piece from just like rapping songs sharing who we are to our kids, Mansa Musa, all the queens, and just celebrating us through rap, hip-hop, song, and dance, giving shouts out to the Divine Nine. It's like a beautiful piece, retelling our story, just like I'm seeing all these remixes of like Harriet Tubman and and, and, and Rosa Parks and who they were through rap and, and coming through with this unapologetic power of resistance and dominion. It's been fun to watch and see that. For sure, definitely. And and I and I I love it. I and just I love to see it. Mm-hmm. I love to be a part of it. I love to be in the movement, you know, and just even 
show it and highlight it in my own way. You know, we all mm-hmm. do that. We're able to highlight in our own way, paying homage to, you know, the great uh, artists, lyricists, yes. MCs. You know, we've had a couple of MCs that pass away, um, you know, plug to from um, De La Soul, mm-hmm. you know, and De La Soul, you know, back in the, was that the early 90s, then there was a lot of conscious rap and we was into that. You know what I mean? Like we, because it spoke about who you really are. Mm-hmm. You know, people never really realized De La Soul is from the soul. That's what that means. De La Soul yeah. is from the soul. You know, me, myself, and I. Come on, classics. You know, just really being, it's, oh, I'm okay with who I am in this world as a African-American and however I want to wear my clothes and mm-hmm. however I want to wear my hair. Come on. You know, yes. my roots, I'm magical like that. I'm rare like that. And I'm, 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 you know what I'm saying? I'm pumping that up. I'm pumping my fist Come for on. that. I love that. You know, th- that is what it was about. The, the creativity of expression and telling the story about who you really are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and your experiences. And so, you know, I just loved, I, I like to go back because, you know, we're celebrating 50 years of hip hop. Come on, 50 years. You 50, hip-hop. Like, you you almost a senior. You can almost get an AARP card. <laughs> 50 years of hip-hop. And, you know, we are hip-hop heads. August the 11th. Hip-hop heads. I know I'm auntie, and I know I love all my R&B divas and R&B <laughs> guys and kings. And I love all that, but don't get it twisted. Hip-hop plays an important piece mm. and a part of my life, Dr. Moore's life. Um, we lived it. Sinus we lived some of the beginning stages of that. Mm-hmm. In us. It ain't it's on us. You know? I'm Curtis Blow and I want you to know that these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up, break down. Come break. on. Come on now. Y'all was like that. Curtis, he kind of looked like Kanye, but go back and look him up. He had some slappers back there. <laughs> I remember being five years old at the skating rink. They was playing that song, okay? I just went skating Saturday night. You did? Yes, I did. You know, so hip hop um, has a, it has a lot of nostalgia to it. You know, from being young and what was the song? Um, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. <laughs> the first, I guess they like to call a documented conscious rap song. It's called The Message. Yes. Y'all can fucking watch that video. MTV played that. That was like, okay, we're moving into mainstream spaces right now. But that me- the message was real. We moving from private into public spaces, telling our own stories. And that's what's important about this melanin magic theme is we are in a position to tell our own stories and we have many of them. Yes. We have many, many of them. them. Many of them. Um, our people are known 
for creating different genres of music. Mm -hmm. And music is a huge part of us, okay? Yes. Dancing is a huge part. The art is a huge part of who we are, but also doctors and, and inventors. Come on. All types of things, like the traffic light, you know? And, the potato and, chip by accident. Right, peanut butter. I mean, it goes deep, elevators. So it's just that you don't see that. We are aware of it because it's nothing wrong with not going to school, okay? And taking up a trade or being, you know, an artist and you took a different route of being an entrepreneur. But you got to understand there are those ancestors and the future and the present and the past who have been in, who invent who do brain surgery and mm -hmm. heart surgery, mm -hmm. right? Who created it? Us. Who created We go throughout a list of every single thing, y'all. We're going to go back to us. We're going to go back to us because it's true. In this country, it's true. We create a lot of things in this country. And you don't have to believe me. That's why we're not even going to list them off. You can just look at <laughs> many, many, many things that you would like. And it goes back to us. Right. And that's how you have to take your power back. You've got to take your power back. And that's by tapping into who you are. And if you don't know, if you don't know, guess what? It is okay. Find out. You are saying a word. Can I can I share something that I heard this week? Share it. It was so drippy. So we talking about it's Black History Month or Black Information Month, Black Futures Month, Our Story Month, whatever y'all want to call it. But a flashlight is on the contributions of Africans who then become African-Americans in this country. Carter G. Woodson started as a week, then it became a month. And now we're celebrating it. And there's a lot of people who still like... Yeah, you only get a month. Y'all some fools. Look how they got y'all. We're not we're not focusing on that lens. We're focusing on what comes out of people like a Carter G. Woodson who talked about the miseducation of the Negro, who talked about education. And when we go to higher education historically, and dare I say still today, we have to be very careful because that education institution was designed to send us back out as robots to assimilate and forget who we were when we walked in them doors and forget even the point of us being black and being culturally connected. Because sometimes it's not even just about anything else other than our cultural connections. Because we are, like Cousin Jackie said, we're not a monolith, but our cultural, our cultural connections. I listened to Dr. Edward Bush this week give a speech about white spirit possession in education. And that when we go into college, there he argue that there is a spirit that tries to possess our own spirit of blackness with a white spirit of what whiteness looks like in terms of like white supremacy and all the side effects and remnants of that. But it's so much so that we come out disconnected that we can't even speak the same language of our people anymore. There's literally a disconnect. And then, and then some of us might say, oh, they hating that you different, you different. But what they see and sense is a disconnect of what he argues would be a white spirit possession. And then it makes you so uncomfortable. <laughs> even black people will be uncomfortable. I love it when it's so black and uncomfortable, even black people uncomfortable, that we don't even realize 
that something has been taken from us through the educational process. We have learned some things of how to sit, how to be, how to talk, how to look, how to to do all these things which are connected to the proximity of whiteness and the advancement of ourselves, but at the expense of a disconnection from our culture and a devaluing of our culture in a way that we must question. Well, I have a question. So what is considered um, white, white spirited in how you talk or how you present yourself because that has been a gray area gray where you know there is such thing as you you should be you should be articulate and literate mm-hmm. and um clear in when when you talk and I don't see that as being something as being white. Absolutely. And I'm I'm I can't I don't want to speak for Dr. Bush or give his speech, but he for sure was like that's not white. <laughs> so we should not even say that that is being white, but that is unfortunately how people would like to translate that. Mm-hmm. And so instead of saying, oh, you acting white or are you talking white? He was like, because we've been educated people since the beginning. When they started letting us into the schools, we already had schools. We was in it. We was in the churches going to school. We was in the storefronts. We put schools everywhere, community centers. We put schools everywhere we could put them. They just weren't in those, you know, mainstream institutions. We've been educated people. We had over 130 black schools, if that's what you want to call it. But the, but he spoke to the fact of like even in our black schools, right? When we think about the protests and I'm at this piece of wanting to be taught black studies, they weren't even teaching them in the HBCUs, right? They weren't teaching black studies in the HBCUs and how the education systems itself as a whole has moved away from teaching us about our culture in a way that is validated and equitable in the classroom. So it ain't about acting white. It's about this, what he was saying, it's like the spirit possession of trying to extract our culture from us. Right, right. Yes. And so it's, um, <clears throat> I always like to, from a from a personal um, standpoint and how I see things based off of experience, you know, I look at, for me, in mm-hmm. my age, mm-hmm. my parents, and I've said this before, my parents came fresh off of segregation. Fresh. Right? Fresh off of it. And we have to realize that that wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. That was like 1960 what? 60-something. Because mm-hmm. Martin Luther King was killed in 68. Okay? And so there was there was white-only counters and restaurants and fountains and bathrooms. And when we were integrated, it was still difficult for us because, you know, of course, they, if you had never been integrated, you don't know how it's going to be when you get integrated, right? Right. So you're still going to be treated unfairly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so then we're out, they're out into this space trying to adapt to a new way of living having children, trying to raise these children, having community, trying to build community within these integrated spaces, but we still needed segregated spaces. Because if we weren't going to completely assimilate, we weren't going to be socially accepted. Correct. 
And what I see now is that our segregated spaces have become less and less, mm. right? So this is how we're different. All teenagers are going to be different. All generations are going to be different. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I can say pre-technology, the advancement of technology, pretty much all of the youth were raised in a way of you know how to survive. There's certain skill sets. There's certain things they gonna tell you. You know, like you got to look over your shoulder. Don't think just because A, B, C, D that mm-hmm. you're still gonna be accepted. Don't walk in fear, but just know these things. Have the awareness. Correct. I'm just gonna say- know these things. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, can I get across town or to someone's house without putting a GPS? Yes, I would. I may have to get a map or I might have to call them first. Hey, where you? Okay, go up such and such. You know, you're going to exit on this exit. Then you're going to bust a right. I don't know what street it is, but it's two two lights down and you're going to take a right. Rely on them landmarks. Rely on our own brain because this AI is coming for you. Y'all better see it. You better know it. The AI is coming for us. And we just have to realize that it doesn't have to be completely used as a negative. But at the same time, is that the impetus? Is that Was that the game plan all along to be used as a negative to control us and have us completely fused with technology that will allow somebody to shut our system down the way we can remote control our door locks, window locks, garages, etc. We veering... I know y'all, we veer into like another little lane of talking about the importance of technology. But what we're trying to say is that there are some ways in which we relied on our own brain and our own self to navigate our self, our self navigation that we yes. we want to continue. We want you to be able to continue right. self navigation. Need self navigation. Yes. Using technology for your advancement, make some money off of it. Use it for a purpose of making money, of learning how to code, you know, get into it on that realm. Start your business, have your e-commerce, get in it to, for that. But not to create this person that you aren't, you know what I mean? Or, you know, tapping it to, to it for the negativity. You know, I use technology to push the greatness. Come on. You know, to be a part of the voice that is talking about something worth substance. You talk a lot about your show is called Out of the Box with Oatmeal Brown, right? right? And you try to challenge us to think about that concept in all of these areas, Dr. Edward Bush put up a picture of black males graduating from Morehouse against black men incarcerated and asked the question, who made it? Mm. Yeah. Who made it? (laughs) One was okay with assimilation and another refused to assimilate. And so because they refused, they ended up behind bars. And it's not a right or wrong question. It just requires us to think out of the box like your show prompts us to do. Right. But we're all going to assimilate in some form or fashion. And our assimilation does not mean we're assimilating to a white way. It means that if the game of life needs to be played, understand we all got to play. 
in this game, okay? So you want to play the cards. You want to figure out how to play the cards, right? And you want to be... You want to be a, you want to be good. You want to have a 13 hand. You want to have, you want to be a 10. You want to be a 13. Sometimes you won't have no space, right? Sometimes you'll have two spades. So you need to learn how you need to figure out how you're going to spend those two spades so you can win off with those two cards. <laughs> I'm just saying like, that is the game of life. And you're gonna have ups and downs. Like you gonna you gonna win sometimes, you're gonna lose sometimes. But do you have more wins than losses? Then you up. Mm-hmm. The ebbs and flows of life. Right. You up. If you got more wins than losses, then you up, but you're gonna have some losses. Ooh. Period. Period. Red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Wait. Everybody's gonna have ups and downs. Shout out to the uh, AAV translations of, of the Bible, <laughs> of the Bible scriptures. <laughs> well, you know, Jesus loves the little children. You know, we had to sing that if you was going to, to Sunday school and vacation Bible school when you were young, you know, brought up in the Southern Baptists and the Pentecostals and all mm-hmm. of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I saw something that was like, peace be still. And then it was like, translation unbothered. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. unbothered. Please know I am an unbothered queen. But when I'm bothered, don't, don't think I don't get bothered because I do. But I've had to learn how to not let stuff bother me. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a different interpretation through other individuals, you know? Right, right. So right. people think unbotheredness is fear or you're not going to say anything. No, that don't mean nothing. Because, you know, just people's peace don't mean they don't know the art of war. Uh, come on, Sun Tzu. She coming through with it. Come on, she coming through with it. You know? About to give me hype. <laughs> and that is why I remember I told you in the last podcast, <laughs> I I know my tongue is lethal. I'm not trying to say that to make anybody scared or, you know, uh, I think I'm better. I know more or put, you know, push any fear. No, but I know, you know how they say sometimes people can try to kill you with a lie. But if you tell the truth, you can knock the whole table over. Come on. You know what I'm saying? So when I get to rolling, the, it's it's going to be a truth. It's not going to be based off a fairy tale, a false narrative. If I start talking, the truth will, will supersede. And the way that I may say it, some people don't like it. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, like I said, we the way we was raised, wasn't nobody holding nothing back at all. I love that though, that I could laugh about it now. I miss my mother. I miss, you know, my aunt. I miss my father and uncles. That was so raw. Because that's my cousin Odell Mack who passed away last week. 
Oh, wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You didn't tell mm-hmm. me. You didn't tell me. <laughs> you telling me now. You know, and it's 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 hard because you know that I used to get my updates from my father. And you know, they'd be like, Oh yeah, no such and such passed away. And you'd be like, Who? Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't remember? Oh, you was you was you was little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So I'm not always up on that, you know, anymore. Sometimes I find out before others and then, you know, by yeah. first. But yeah. You know, they gave it to you wrong. I remember when I used to cut up, if I cut up about something, my mom would be on the phone talking to an aunt or relative or a friend about what I did. And I'd be like, why are you telling them? Okay. (laughs) Because it was the village. They could tell them. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so my aunt could tell me, even in my mother's house, to clean up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's like, why would you want to dirty your mama house up? You know what I'm saying? And that's part of us, our African cultural practices that we have retained. It takes a village to raise a child. The moment we think that we're supposed to keep things to ourselves individually is the moment we start to destroy our community, ourselves, our families, our marriages, etc. Right. You know, I never disrespected any of my aunts or uncles. Never. Ever. And my mom didn't teach that. Mm-hmm. She did not teach that. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And they never did anything to me that, you know, was harmful for my growth. Right? You know? But we live in... in the, but I wasn't my mama's friend. You know what I'm saying? You wasn't your mama's friend. They would tell us, oh, I'm not your friend. Mm-hmm. You know? One of your little friends. One of your little friends. <laughs> You know, we live in a different day in time. Some people still instill that, but others don't, you know, yeah. and, and I was on another, um, cause you know, I'm on di- several different Zooms, you know, we both are, cause we're involved in different things. And it was a lot of us HBCU grads on a Zoom. Mm-hmm. We had a pull up and we were talking about things and um, some of them teach. Okay. And some of them, you know, mentor and they travel and they do a lot of speaking engagements and they were just saying how they straight up blaming the parents. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Straight up. It was like, it's the parents. The way that they are raising their children and then you blame the teachers, not to say it's that's not straight up across the board. Right. You know, it's it's always situational, but a lot of stuff happens starts at home. And said I said all that to say, you've got to teach at home. Although your your children are going to school, you know what I mean. Speak on that, huh? Speak on that. Yes, all there they're going to school. You have to be taught at home. So that's what I'm. That's what I was bringing all that back to us being taught at home community village you know um all those people the majority of those people i was on that call with grew up black sack we all went to different hbcus Mm -hmm. okay we all are in different social environments and circles right now to this day but that commonality and that community that was placed in us as children flourished through us. 
I'm we so- had some that did not, you know, mm-hmm. and some that did. Mm-hmm. But it started at, we didn't get none of that in school. It was community. It was church. It was activities. It was at home. That's so, that's key. That's a gem right there because we're the primary caregivers are responsible for your primary education. And somewhere down the line, we, we gave that responsibility to these institutions that we don't even trust to be provide the primary education for our for our kids. Like Carter G. Woodson says, when they go to these institutions, there's an inner conflict that's happening with the child because the school might see they're acting out. It's not they're acting out as they having an inner conflict with what I be taught at home and what is happening in this classroom and the primary education. We are responsible for the primary education. We cannot depend on these institutions to provide that. They can support with some basic fundamentals, but we are responsible for that primary education. We can't depend on them. Right. And even if our parents did not know, I can only imagine how you all look at your, you know, your children's schoolwork and trying to figure it out. You know, I never went to my parents because I knew it was not going to go down. You know what I'm saying? I had to get like, That's a lie. They're lying. <laughs> First of you all, let's it. say that is a lie. And you can go back to your class and tell your teacher, these are colonizers. Those people <laughs> colonize them. That's a lie. <laughs> like you can go there. I, I got your back. I got your back, son. That is not true. But you kind of just have to go through the motions when you're in history class, when you're in, you know, in high school and junior high or elementary. You have Mm -hmm. to go through the motions. Mm -hmm. You know, that stuff is a a book of tricks, a book of hope. See? You know? See? See? So, and just get the rest of your education. But as far as um, your cultural, your Black history, you got to get it outside of that. Come on. The real history and you can't erase it even stuff that happened 20 years ago don't try to erase that away i agree you can't try to erase your pioneers of hip-hop you can't erase your your actors and actresses you can't erase those people who help pave the way I'm like, don't even take down the white racist statues. Leave it up there. Just add an addendum and say, this is a this is who America wanted to be shown as a hero. And this is what they did. Because usually it's connected to some form of genocide. Don't take it down. Keep that truth there. Don't erase that history. Because y'all did that. Yeah, see, I don't want it up. Me, I'm different. You know what I'm saying? I don't want it. Take that shit down. You know what I'm saying? Not I, I get you too. I don't want to see what what did Mount Rushmore really look like. Come on, what did, what did Cleopatra really look like? Yeah, so I'm like, tell y'all the- change the face. Tell the truth, right? Tell the truth. Come on, again, it all begins with us. So we just gonna keep saying it, y'all. We right. created math. We created science. We created all these yeah. things. Exactly. So if people really understand what, what your roots are, tap into it. Tap into it. Tap into who God is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? That part. That's the part right there. Tap into who God is and you tap into who you are. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> tap into who God is and then you tap into who you are. Boom. Just like that. Period.
tap into God, who God is, and you tap into who you are. And all the downloads will come. And all the downloads will come. Mm-hmm. You know, because we have to understand even our ancestors, they did what they can do for their time for what they knew. Oh, so you've got to pick up the torch and the stuff they didn't know. Put that down. Don't right. pick that up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, had an opportunity to go see 19 Keys two weeks ago. He came to Sacramento. Oh, he's good. And um, he was you know, I'm going to just keep it a buck. You know, this is me being dressed. Some things I agree with, a lot of things I don't. Um, mm-hmm. But it's all about, you know, where we are in our learning and our growth and understanding. But one thing he said that was very important is if we still got the same problems that our, our, our ancestors was dealing with in 1920, at some point we got to look at us. At some point we got to look at us and figure out what is our role in continuing these narratives and perpetuating the same limited thinking of of not identifying our true power and how we can step into that power in a way in which they're, instead of blaming somebody else, saying they're responsible because of them, because of them, and in, in many cases, because of the white man, right? That That's a limited thinking. Right. Yes. And it's it's we've got some trauma too. So it's a gumbo pot of different things. You know, the limited thinking, our trauma. Yeah, no, we don't they don't really want to work at the KFCs and the Kentucky Fry and the and the Popeyes and the and the churches no more. Okay. We don't really want to have restaurants because that's a lot of work. But then you go you let somebody else tap in and read and see what we like and what we want and then we gonna stand in line for somebody Asian to feed, to, to, to serve us fry us up some chicken and some catfish and some jambalaya like I always when I go in the restaurants like that I'm not saying that I don't go because I do sometimes and um I just be baffled in my head because I'm like, man, everybody tapped into us but us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They tapped in to capitalize off us and they making the killing. Are you saying that the the cultural producers of the cuisine should be the ones cooking and preparing and selling it? Correct. Yes. Yes. I don't rarely see anybody of African-American skin tone uh, serving up Chinese food. I've never seen it. (laughs) I've never seen the Mexican real authentic Mexican food either. I've never seen it. But I for sure have seen Hispanics and uh, people of Asian descent cooking up catfish Whole boys, jambalaya, gumbo, crawfish. Yeah, I have. I think and and, I, and, and everything I, in there be everything what black folks like. Uh, down to the soda. Down to the, 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 the strawberry soda, the red soda, the red velvet cake, the lemon cake, the German chocolate cake. Well, I'm going to say our Afro-Latinas and Latinos in the Latinx community are of a black skin hue and they be chefing up. They, yeah, they, I don't... 
And see, if you a different type of vibe, go in there. You see what I'm saying? Because it's just a little different. Now, I love everybody, but I just be feeling a certain type of way. Because I remember us growing up, you know, um, the Louisiana fried chickens, the, mm. the fish places, the chicken places, the places where we go, where we went, we was cooking it. Hey. Now it's a little different on the fast food. I would say like maybe the fast food joints. The KFC, they had to change that name from Colonel. They had to say, we can't say Colonel Sanders fried chicken no more. They changed it to KFC. KFC like, listen, they colonized our cuisine and put their name on the front of it and they be trying to sell it back to us. Kentucky, Kentucky fried chicken, KFC. Right. You know, but I went to, uh, really quickly, which spawned this, I went to Louisiana fried chicken. Now they have one here in the, they have a couple here in the DFW Metroplex. My first time having Louisiana fried chicken was in LA because that they had, they used to have them all over LA, Louisiana fried chicken. Who was in there working? The black folks. I said, okay, so let me try it. They got one here. I'm thinking, I'm not thinking, okay, this is 20 some years later, 30 some years later now. I went, you know who I saw? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, wow. But you know who was in there buying it? Us. Just like at the beauty supply store, you know? Most of the beauty supply stores. Who's who they they're catering to us. They're getting everything we like, we would want. They tapping into the culture and making that money. We're a trillion dollar industry. We have trillion dollar industry power and it's always in question. Are we clear on how we're using that? There's been a huge wave, though, I would say, since 2020 of Black entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah. A huge wave of um, these conversations around economic liberation and working for ourselves, which brings us to, again, with it being um, Black History, Black Futures, Black Information Month, all the things, reparations. So here in California, on the table, is this conversation around reparations, and it's moving from city to city. San Francisco, they're trying to get in $5 million each And the first thing it says, if you can prove you black for the past 10 years, (laughs) that's literally like the first question. And if you've lived in San Francisco or have family members, you know, $5 million is nothing to San Francisco. Like that's like disrespectful. The conversation is moving to Sacramento early March. And so what I want to do is talk about this from an out the box perspective of like, y'all, we got to be careful with the price tag. They trying to slap on this. To, to provide a band-aid for, for a generational issue. And so I think if you get into any spaces, those of y'all listening to Cousin Jackie's podcast, if you get into any spaces, whether it be work, professional, home life, et cetera, it's important for us to de- first identify all the ways in which Black people have been harmed in this country. Just keep a rolling brainstorm list of all the ways in which we have been harmed in this country because that's what reparations is connected to, repairing the harm. After you identify all the ways in which we've been harmed in the country, then have a conversation in what ways can there be some resolve and not resolve in 2023, but some resolve that we will still be able to see, feel, and touch in 3023. Okay. Because they're trying to slap us with a little cash, you know, so we can shake that, I'm just playing, you know, and be happy for a minute. But that's, we have to be so mindful about like, 
What does that look like that will impact us, our people, our next generations for the next thousand years? Because the harm we already know has been at least 500 plus. So what can we do systemically that will change and have an impact that will last and continue to last beyond, right? Until the next thousand years, not just for us in this lifetime, not just until December come, but what can we do in all the ways that we've been harmed that's going to impact us for the rest of our journeys? Well, first of all, how can I get in on it? You know what I'm saying? Oh, gosh, are there any happening is to it, it, I mean, can, is it if you was born in SAC, can you get it? Look. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I hope so. I hope it go back to that. You so know, Gavin Newsom, you know, he sat down and that's something that he's passed. Warning sack, do you get the reparation? Because I'm going to need my coins, okay? Come on. So we got folks like London Breed working on behind the scenes. Well, a host of people working behind the scenes. But it is going to be talk to your local city officials that bring those conversations to the table. Um, and they've happened to pass the conversation to the point of where it's giving space and a financial investment in it. But we cannot get caught up with the banana in a tailpipe, y'all. That's all I'm trying to say. And so we right. should make sure that your local politicians all over are um, having conversations about reparations and financially investing in that. Because well, just- I don't see this this the down south getting in on that like no time soon. So you know, uh, I, I hope that if he was born in Sacramento or born in San Francisco that you qualify for these maybe possible reparations. Add that to the list, y'all. We got got an opinion there. Add being born. Yeah. This is the thing, though. No matter what, say we do get reparations, everybody, we got to be real. We have to be 100. Me? You know what I'm going to do before? Like, if I know we're going to get the reparations... I'm going to make sure I've got that I'm not going to, I'm not lying to you. You got to set this up so you can build, okay? Now, I'm going to need, I'm going to get with all my friends. Like, look, we need to set up several businesses. You need a tire and rim shop. You need a weave shop. You need, you know what I'm saying? You need to get the plug on designer shit. Because your people that don't give a damn about nothing else is going to go spend their money on that. Mm. Now, we need to put a different face on the front, though. You, They can't know that it's your shop. <laughs> Jesus! Y'all hear this? Black people can't even sell to black people because they won't buy it from us. So I'm, just, I'm, giving, I'm, I'm giving hella stereotypical but real game right now, okay? And I'm saying to do this so we can take that money <laughs> and put it back into building mm-hmm. something that will stand for years, right? Because some some people ain't going to outright want to do that. because They're going to go for this other stuff that everybody else is capitalizing off of us from. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Using those spending dollars, all right? So if we set up shop, to whatever we know that they're going to purchase mm-hmm. and use their money on but put a different face in the front then we could take that money build community centers build more schools I'm talking about elementary schools you know what I mean where we know what the dynamics of what's going on within that school 
We're not depending on the government for funding. We are actually in place to run these schools. You Mm -hmm. say, well, who will run it? Oh, we got enough business professionals, enough teachers to do this. But we're going to need security, too. (laughs) I'm just saying. That's right. Because everybody's mental state ain't right to want to see us grow. I'm talking about some of the folks that's inner because of the trauma and the mind manipulation. Yes. Come on, speak to it. So we have to have certain things in place. When we can do that, and we do it in smaller pods, trust and believe we do that. It's a lot of success. Yes. Shout out to the 6th sixth, sixth Annual Black Joy Parade happening in Oakland, February 26th. Let me make sure I'm saying that day right. Yes. February 26th is their 6th Annual, and it's nothing but Black businesses. <laughs> black business owners and the creative ways in which we sell products and items, whether it be from like Black Teachers Project. Shout out to the Black Teachers Project. Again, talking about what it's like to be a Black teacher, right, in these institutions and how you navigate that all the way to the sister who got the uh, old bitch bomb oil (laughs) for your knees with the CBD oil in. And the little kids who selling their multi-flavored lemonades. You know, they got the strawberry, passion fruit, cherry, tropical point lemonade because we got entrepreneurs at all ages that are happening but again, that's a black space where people fought, came with the city to say, we deserve this. Yes. It's going to be sure. security there, but you know, we deserve this. <laughs> yes. I mean, we have to be real. We have to be 100. And, you know, we grew up, like each generation grows up in a time again with something else that, that they, you know, saw and had to grow up in. So we didn't have to grow up in a time of strong racism and um you know lynching and and you know white only counters and restrooms but we grew up in a time with a lot of crime and when okay. the black people continuously kill the police a lot of crime happened when we were coming up you know was a you know we, that's why there were movies like The Boys in the Hood and The Menace Societies and The Colors and and Lean on Me, you know, and, and Banging in Little Rock. All this stuff was going on. All about access to in the lack of to capital. Right. In in the 90s, right? Too. We had some great things, but then there was those other things where we knew better. We knew we could not go to a certain set or part of a hood because you just was not supposed to be over there, right? Like these things were prevalent, whereas I don't know if the younger generation understands that. You know what I mean? Yes. Everybody wants to be hard. And it's like, baby, even the, even the, listen, what did, what did Ice Cube say in How to Survive in South Central? That song, there's a South Central everywhere. Exactly. He said, even the strong die in South Central. Rule number one, don't Okay. <laughs> it's a problematic song. It's either problematic messages. But it was so <laughs> real. Hood 101. This is Hood 101 education. Right. It's not for every neighborhood, but if you live in neighborhoods 
during those times and still to this day where people do not have access to capital and they're fighting over resources and distribution, you're going to have heavy crime. Right. You're going to have heavy crime. So you might not want to go up in there flossing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I don't know. If you do. (laughs) You know, I'm not saying you deserve. No, you do not deserve to get harmed. But you've got to have some type of hood 101 common sense. And there's elders in the hood. Elders as in people who run those neighborhoods from a political standpoint. Do you know them? You need to check in. Right. Yes. For sure. Because if not, you don't have protection. Right. And and people say, well, times have changed. Certain things haven't. Not that part. No. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you know, you just have to understand who you are. Because being being black is hard and fun like it's like a whole lot that goes with it yes and so you as you grow and evolve and you transform you just need to know how to play them cards like I said the game of life and how to play it for you but because if, if you are black baby you've got a lot to be happy and proud of and so much to tap into that's of greatness. If you don't tap into it, it's nobody's fault but your own. Come on, that's even that if your parents wasn't about shit, even if they you don't have any, you're orphaned, you know, if granny raised you, if auntie mm. raised you, you know, you still are responsible for tapping into your greatness. That's right. Everybody's got a story. There's a story of struggle. There's a story of generational curses. Are you going to break those? You know? Yep. Everybody get hated on, especially if you about something, you're going to get hated on. That's part part for the core. Okay. It may be a relative that hate on you. Okay. It could be. I mean, it just, this is life. This is life. My son, yesterday, we was um, at a homegoing celebration. Shout out to Tutu from the Low, the General. We salute you. I'm doing a lot of shout outs today on your podcast. I guess I'm the, <laughs> I'm the hype woman in the background. Shout it out. Shout it yeah. out. And one of my son's little cousins is always mean to him. And I had to have a conversation with him like, he jealous of you. He was like, well, what did he jealous of me for? I said, exactly. <laughs> he has no reason to be, but he doesn't know that yet. Right. He just sees your light and you just, you simply being intimidates him. So he only knows how to respond with trying to tear you down in any way he knows how to, but recognize your power in this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's a painful, it's a painful recognition when it's a loved one. But I said, he's there to teach you, to prepare you for the other people that will come up and show up like that in your life because they will continue to be there. Yes, for sure. I'm so grateful for my parents uh, showing me that Mm -hmm. and knowing that. Mm -hmm. They know who was, you know what I'm saying? And who wasn't. But I also saw that happen to us as a family. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like my Mm -hmm. intimate family uh, being the rare family of the family. Does, mm-hmm. that, does that make sense? Yep. Y'all was still intact. We was the rare rarity, you know, mm-hmm. but also 
you know, there was different shots popped at my mom of jealousy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? So what what is it that they're jealous of? Right. You know, it doesn't have to be that you, you don't even have to have all the money. You don't have to have the most successful job. Right. You know, you don't, you can, you can be dealing with hell behind closed doors. And it's typically that you have gotten to a place of your understanding of the God in you and people are like, what is that that you have that's so shiny and bright? I want some of that. Why do you get it? Because they haven't tapped in. Remember, <laughs> that's back to your point. To tap okay. into you is to tap into God. The God yeah. in Yes, and it's just, you know, you will you will hear people tell a story. I've, I've heard people tell my life story. Like, what? Like, that ain't, that's not how I see my own life story. You know what I'm saying? You know? <laughs> like, you can't tell my story for me. Come on. Because you don't know it the way I know it. You know what I mean? We can grow up in the same household and have completely different perceptions on life. Matter of fact, you and me can look at the same something on the wall and see two different things. Right. You know, but if, if, if you are different in ages and you're different, your parents are different at a certain time frame than they were, then you're going to get a, a somewhat of a different version. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm younger. Okay, so I'm going to get a different version than my older sister. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know this. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean that I got the best version. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I got a different version because how I look at it is there's an in life period, there's always ups and downs. There's good and bad in each each season of your life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had a period of time where it was just me and them. You see what I'm saying? So can nobody else, as far as, you know, inner-wise, tell me, you know what I'm saying? Tell, speak on that. Right. Because it's not you. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there, that is not a, it's not a, um, that's not saying it was worse or it was better. It's just saying it's not you. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can't tell it. I can't tell her story. I have no, I cannot tell it because I wasn't in that moment. It's not me. It's not me. Even if I heard something, I wasn't there. I wasn't a fly on the wall. I wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? I probably wasn't even born yet for some of the stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's how I look at life. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's which is a little deeper, which is outside of the box. Right, and you teaching your son because you see, you know how your mama be like, <laughs> you know, back in the day, mamas was like, and grandmas was to say, what the fuck was on their mind at that moment? Mm-hmm. That little boy is jealous of you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That little girl always got some shit going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, they see things. That's not your friend. Right? They straight up tell you. Okay. She's fast. 
They, you know what I'm saying? They used to say that. <laughs> yeah, we be. Out I, was, I was the fast one, even by um, uh, somebody's auntie. You know, I was wearing my church dresses after school. Them be the main one. <laughs> <laughs> And I went to go get my auntie across the street. This lady over here calling me fast and saying, been the main ones, auntie. Sometimes some folks be wrong. Don't, don't, you know, like I said, some people be wrong. But some people, wrong. My mama was never wrong. I, I got to say, she was never wrong. She was mm-hmm. always right in her spirit of discernment. Come on. Okay. Right. We need y'all to still have that. That's what we're trying to say. AI is trying to remove from us right. our ability to self-navigate, which is your spirit of discernment. Mm-hmm. For sure. And knowing what that is. Because if you're not exposed, and say you're um, around negativity, mm-hmm. you're not around something that's uh, different than that. It's like, if you don't know what love really is, when it's in front of you, you're not going to know that that's what that is. You have never been loved like that. You know, you're not going to, it's foreign to you. You're going to reject the love. Well. Because it's not in what you're used to. That's your trauma response, y'all. Because we... You know what I mean? So you, yes, people will in life lose out and miss out on the true light because they're used to living in this box. Mm. And I was taught, it is not just about what I was taught, but I'm so glad I was taught it. And other people, once you allow yourself to think outside the box, mm-hmm. Then you will learn and you evolve. Your parents can only give you so much because they don't know everything. Right? Because right. God made you you. Correct. So you got to want to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you talked about um, these things because with this technology piece and us analyzing and understanding things, and from an intellectual standpoint, I feel like the way we're getting away from self-navigation and spiritual discernment is being taught to disconnect from our emotions because emotions are fickle. They're fleeting. They change all the time. But what God keeps reminding me is your emotions are your intuition guides. Every, every part of your being is trying to communicate something to you. So it's okay to feel your feelings. What we don't want to do is be controlled. I mean, have no control when we feel feelings. Lose control and let those feelings control us to the point where we're out of control. But the moment we start only trying to understand things from an analytical standpoint is the moment that we begin to destroy our intuition. And the intuition comes directly from your emotions, feelings. Though again is what how the body is communicating and and I can speak for myself. I grew up where I disconnected from my gut feelings and intuition because I thought I needed to like always focus on like well what makes sense logically? Mm-hmm. What makes sense intellectually without 
and ignoring my emotions so that when my body was communicating something to me, I just ignored it, ignored it, ignored it, ignored it, ignored it. And then you have this, you know, this waterfall of something that shows up later because you, because I disconnected from my emotions thinking like that's weak. Mm-hmm. That's a weak, a weak way of navigating. But little kids come into the world all tapped in and all tuned in because they haven't, that hasn't been taken away. And we live in a society that we have to go to school, follow rules, and those begin to chip away, which are necessary, but they we are, we're being programmed to disconnect from our emotions and to not trust that, which is teaching us to not trust our self-navigation and trust our own spirit of discernment. So I'm here to remind us, feel your feelings. Don't let them control you. Feel the feelings and listen. That is your body trying to communicate something to you. That is your gut. That is your intuition. That is that melanin encoded inside of you telling you something. You can trust that. And you don't need an external because that was how I was. I needed somebody else outside of me to validate what I was already. Am I tripping type? And you need somebody like, no, you're not tripping. (laughs) But again, it's important. Yeah, it's important. But where are you? Exactly. You are in that moment as well. Because if you're dealing with untrustworthy people, right? And you're in a bad place with, with the spirit and the energy is just negative. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your gut is going to assume that anybody that you see or interact in, right, that gives you a trigger, you're throwing them in that same boat, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as you shouldn't, but your gut is telling you that it's be- it's because you're in a space. Get the fuck out of that space. Exactly. Telling you. <laughs> like you're in a space yeah. where you see the negativity because that's what's going on, which what you really got going on. So you're throwing other people yeah. in there. You see what I'm saying? So that's why I said it's important now. People say trust your gut, but where are you? Exactly. Where are you spiritually? What is your spirit spirit like? If your spirit is rat to tat tat, <laughs> you cannot right. go by every gut feeling or what you think you see. Well, not to be con- confused with ego, because the ego will show up very loud and, and try to say I'm your intuition. And mm-hmm. that's that's usually our ego. But our gut is what you feel in your soul, not not your ego. And the ego always wants to to be main stage character. Yeah, and that ego be huffing and puffing, you know. Uh, And like I said, you know, we can all be in a scenario and somebody see something totally different, you know. And if you got somebody like, like, for instance, example of sucker punching. Okay. Okay. We both know what a sucker punch is. Mm Mm-hmm. A sucker punch is when you catch somebody off guard. They weren't looking. Right. They wasn't looking. Or you trap them in somewhere and they ain't got nowhere to go. Right. You know what I'm saying? That ain't, that's, that's cow. That's a coward way of winning something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or seeing something, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who think that way like nah that was a coward move you know what I'm saying or no you that's not a winning move 
That's this person is not in a situation or a space, you know, or in an area where it can be fair. You know what I'm saying? That's manipulation. Manipulation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's so many. That's why I said you got to get down to the root. You can always dig a little deeper. People will go off. Oh, my gut feeling said, like, nah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, no. Your gut feeling is coming from a no. My no. partner was like, are you familiar with um, how that people uh, weaponize their love language in relationships? And I was like, yeah, been on receiving and giving in, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of emotional manipulation. And it is, it is a real thing. Yes, it's a real thing. A lot of stuff is our real things. You know, and us as black people, we have been we they tried to emotionally manipulate us for years, but we ha- we have been we've resisted that since day one. And so I want to remind y'all to continue to think about how you can resist to this day. Be resistant. Right. But don't be resistant to the cops because they got a code to it, to kill you if you're resistant. Jesus, I don't. We don't agree, y'all. We don't agree there, cause I'm gonna say resist them, resist them, and and, and I'm not gonna well, say. And my thing is, if you if you resist, that doesn't mean you're scared. That just means. I mean, I mean, I'm saying if you if you choose not to resist, that doesn't mean that you're scared. Again, you've got to know when to play your card. I see what you're saying. You're not saying. Um, bow down. You're saying understand how to do your best to try to keep yourself alive in the situation. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Period. You know, you use that same technique with, with everybody. You know, we I was talking about this in the sauna really quickly. Um, every time I go to the sauna, it just seems like it's always this deep discussion that happens. It's always these different types of people. Right? And, you know, I um, was almost triggered in the sauna. Mm-hmm. Um, I had answered the phone because it was a, an important phone call. I know it was going to be quick. This over-aggressively lady came in. I heard her, even though I had ear, ear pods in. Oh, uh, no, nah, I said, people be on the phone in here. because I heard her. Well, I, and I was barely on the phone, right? She had just walked in. Now, when I hug up the phone, I was about, ma'am, are you talking about me? <laughs> that was an invitation, right? <laughs> Something said, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I didn't. I had restraint. The old me would have done it, but I had restraint. And so then she started talking, and anytime there was discussion, she would try to overpower. Right, and she tried to exclude me at first, but I made my push. I made sure I said what I had to say in the dialogue because I noticed that she was over aggressive, and she was loud. But she was trying to tell this other man that shh, you talking too loud. So me and this other girl kind of like what. <laughs> How you come in here talking about somebody that was on the phone briefly, you just walked in. 
then you not recognizing that you're over aggressive and loud and you're telling this other man to shush it down a little bit. You you see what I'm saying? Projection 101. (laughs) Exactly. But guess what? We must have ran into each other about three more times. Hello, have a good day. Enjoy yourself. Bye. She was waving at me and everything. But what she tried to give me at first was her negative energy. That's right. And I wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. But I was going, she almost got me though. She almost pulled me in. It was an invitation. Right. But I stopped it. And I also gave them an example of the crackhead lady that had knocked on my door. Remember that? Remember that test? Now I could have easily put two in her leg and her arm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't know. <laughs> That you had a what was on the other side of the door. Come on, let it rhyme. The other side of the dough. She didn't know what was on the other side of the dough. She didn't know what was on the other side of the dough. And I could have huffed and puffed like she was huffing and puffing. I'm just looking at her out the peephole like, you mm. are, is a fool. You know what I'm saying? She was, I looked at what she said later from the camera. I didn't even know what she was, you know, saying in totality until I looked at the the footage. Mm-hmm. She was talking to herself and everything out there. I was like, what? You know? And she was mad because I was acting like I was a poor little old girl behind the other door. Because I was like, you got the wrong door. <laughs> She didn't know who was really on the other side of the door. Right? Mm-hmm. It took everything in me not to react in the way for her energy to pull me in. Because then I would have been on the news. Right? And and all to say is that sometimes you get tested. Mm-hmm. And you have to know not to say nothing mm-hmm. but when to say it when to play your card but in her brain I guess she thought that she was in a winning situation but I knew she wasn't that she was stupid as all get out you know what I mean you know and, and that's where we you just have to know when someone is projecting or trying to trigger you because it's easy to get triggered you were able to remain at peace on the inside. Right. Yes, exactly. Because it, this it, it, it happens all the time. Remember under my birthday post that my sister posted? Remember? The parasite under there? Did It's my birthday post. <laughs> Didn't say happy birthday. Came on there saying something else. Like, are you serious? You know what I'm saying? Do you see yourself right now? You know? Thirst trapping. Right. Trapping. But can't. That's what I'm saying. People never can see themselves. That's why it's important to see yourself. See yourself. You don't want nobody to point it out. Don't jump out there like a parasite. You know what I'm saying? Like the lady at the gym. Like the person knocking on the door. Mm. 
Who want? I don't want it. That's that's how you you have to recognize the space that you're in, what you're doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These things are very important. How does that correlate to what we're talking about right now? You've got to live life like that because you're going to be in spaces, especially as a melanated person Mm -hmm. because you embody a lot of magic. Tap into your greatness. With God, you will be great. Okay? You can achieve anything in a positive way. And in a negative way. So be careful how you use that power. (laughs) Exactly. Be careful how you use it. You know? But we're all important and your life matters. Your life matters. When you can realize that your life matters, you'll understand that somebody else's life matters as well. Their life matters. Their life matters. So we should be able to live in in a world of 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 uh compassion, kindness, tapping into your greatness because you need we we all need each other. Right? And God will send you the people that you need in your journey. Okay? To make it even more magical. That's right. Continue by to send the right people into our journeys to make it even more magical. Right. Right. I want to be where, wherever I'm needed in someone's journey where I'm not being drained. You know what I'm saying? Where the energy is, we, we're plugging in and it's, it's fireworks in a great way. We, Hey, those are the right connections. Right? And so we have to work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Tap into who you are. If you don't know, that's fine. But just know that your roots is full of rich history. Even if you have to start with your own family, digging them roots. Okay. Digging those roots. Okay. And then just keep going. Keep going. I'm not a feminist, okay? I'm not just for women. I'm for all people. But what I do know is my melanated queens are trailblazers. They are queen. They are mother earth. Okay? Well, stop depending on us to do everything, y'all. We need some help. Right. (laughs) Stop tearing um, them down. Come on. You know? Especially if they are not deserving of that. So what we want to do is go ahead and wrap this up because we can keep on going and keep on going. But we just wanted to tap in 
and bring some of this melanated magic, you know, some black girl, black woman power, energy, synergy, spirituality. So you, all the things. Right. All of the things to spark the brain, to think outside of the box and pay homage and give light and love to our rich history. Mm-hmm. Joy has been our greatest defense. Yes. And so we want to thank Dr. Andrea Dream Smithmore for all that she does and all that she brings to this podcast, each and every podcast. And with the light that she brings in the world. Aww. Because she brings a lot. She brings a lot. She is multifaceted and she does a lot of things. And I am just grateful that I am a part of <laughs> her cipher. <laughs> Thank you for giving me a place to show up. Yes, always. And I can't wait to to, to continue on this journey and, you know, um, just be able to expand on every facet of our life. And, and hopefully that it is an inspiration and helps to bring some goodness and greatness into the world. Because that's what it's all about. You know, may our lives be testimony, our whole entire life, full full circle. And, you know, give, may it be, be used purposeful and for the glory of God. And we just thank God for his grace. Because we're going to be messing up. <laughs> but <laughs> we strive. We strive to be better each and every day. So until next time, peace, love, and protect your soul and speed your spirit with that which is good. And we out. Peace. Peace.